Hey, um, so as you can see on the screen, so we're carrying on this Connect series, if you're just joining it. Oh, and kia ora, podcast people, kia ora, where's the camera? Over there. Kia ora, video, church people, super cool to have you connecting in. We still have tons of people connecting in, so most weeks 40 plus um, families and communities connecting in on the video, which is really cool. So kia ora to you, you're amazing and awesome for taking time to connect with Jesus, super good. But we'd love to have you here, so if you can come, we'd love to see you, right? So it's good. Anyway, talking about, so we've been talking about the connecting up. So as I said um, a couple of weeks ago, the, the most important thing about us is our relationship with Jesus, right? The most important thing about us is always our connection with God. So that had to be the number one. So that was the first part of the series. And now we're moving into the second bit, which is all about, um, all about connecting in, right? Um, connecting in. So this is connecting with each other. So I'm going to say this about 50 times through this morning. <laughs> um, this is a really heavy sermon. So it always frustrates me when I don't want to go somewhere, but the sermon kind of goes there, and I just trust that that's where God wanted it to go, and I'm like, okay. So I'm going to say this, like I said, I'm going to say this many times. I'm talking about us loving one another, and the Bible is really heavy on the extent of our love for each other, like really heavy. But you've got to remember, I don't want you to freak out, (laughs) because I know a lot of you, it's just been hard (laughs) the last three years, and heaps of you are just really weary. Some of you are battling some pretty significant sicknesses and other issues in your family. And the last thing I want you to do is sit there with me preaching and be like, well, thanks a lot, bro. I'll just add the stress and guilt to my list of things I'm struggling with because I'm not loving enough. So um, there's a little phrase we're going to say a bunch of times this morning. So I, I just wanted to preface that. So even if I get into it and you're like, the last thing I can add to my life right now is loving people, just chill because as we get into it, it'll be good. And if you get ticked, be ticked with the Bible, because I've got heaps of verses, because I was like, man, this is really heavy. So but that's where we're going, right? So obviously, a, a key aspect of who we are is, is loving the community, right? So loving God and loving the community. Um, and Jesus makes this real clear. So if you've got your Bible, we've got heaps of verses. So get your Bible at the ready. We're jumping over to Matthew 22. So jump over there. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So hopefully it's pretty similar to um, what you've got. Where are we going? Matthew 22, 34. Um, this is actually a really funny passage. So like I've said heaps of times, the Bible is really funny. Um, and this is a funny passage. So just for context, context is always important. So there's two main groups of Jewish leaders at the time of Jesus, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Um, and they agreed on a lot of stuff, but they also disagreed on a whole bunch of stuff. And so there's quite a lot of political between them all the time. And so the Sadducees have just tried, to, they've had their go at tricking Jesus into saying something bad so they can kill him and, and get him cast out of the, the um, temple and everything. And they failed. And so now the Pharisees are kind of like, in your face, Sadducees, check us out. We're going to take him down. That's kind of the essence. That's the Craig paraphrase. So I'll read. I thought that was funnier than you guys responded, which freaked me out, but I'm going to carry on anyway. Okay, verse, oh man, sorry, my Bible just went crazy. Where are we going? Verse 34. Um, oh my gosh, where are we going? 34. All right, the most important commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Now, the question is a, an ancient question they've asked for years, and no one could kind of answer it because if you answer it, so they're going to say, what's the most important commandment? And the trick is, if you say this one, then it's like, oh, so the others aren't 
is equally important. And then we've got you, Jesus. You're saying heaps of the teachings of Moses are not important. Ha, ha, ha. That's their cunning plan. So this guy's the man. And I always imagine him being just like an arrogant jerk. Are you with me? Because he's the man. This Jesus with all his miracles and his teaching, I'm going to take him down because I am a religious law expert. Are you with me? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You guys. <laughs> Teacher, what is the most important, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And I love Jesus' reply, right? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Interesting, eh? Equally important. Not less important. Equally important. Um, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Equally important, right? That's a key thing to keep in our brains. Um, so a simple way to say it is this. I chuck this on the screen. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus, this is a simple life call. <laughs> Number one, love God with all you are. Don't hold anything back. Just full abandonment to him. Follow him with all you are. Easy. <laughs> but equally as important. And I think as Christians, and I say this really carefully, <laughs> I think as Christians we separate these quite a bit. And we run hard after Jesus. But the loving others, we kind of make it a secondary one. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. They're equal. Um, love others as much as you love yourself. Um, and most of us love ourselves a lot, right? <laughs> Some of you don't, but that's your problem. So most of us love we love um, ourselves a lot. Um, so I'm going to be talking about community, and I read this quote this week, and I thought it was kind of funny. So it's just introducing this idea of community. So let me read this to you. It's from Howard Macy. He's like a legend. At the mere mention of the word community, people often eye you as if you dropped in from another world. Smile tolerantly and hope you change the subject. Good, sensible Christian people. They fear that you're going to tell them they have to sell all they own, move to a farm, wear bib overalls, and raise peanuts or that they have to abandon their fertilized lawns and move to the inner city because they misunderstand the idea of community. Many Christians don't want to think about it at all. I thought that was cool. That's not us, right? And I don't want to see many of you in bib overalls, to be honest. But the peanuts, I love peanuts. I was like, that's a cool idea. Um, I love, what's that? Bro, I'm trying to preach up here. <laughs> Apologize to video people. There's people heckling me at the front. And I'll deal with them. I'll deal with them later. I just love that, though, and I think that's true. And I think, like, being kind of serious, I think when a lot of us think about community and loving one another, we just kind of go, ah, I know I should, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a pain in the butt because <laughs> it takes time and energy and resources and sacrifice. And a lot of us, like he says, we love ourselves. <laughs> we love ourselves. Um, this is, and I'm saying this illustration not to be an arrogant hero. So if you think I am, you're totally missing the point, right? So Joseph and I are very introverted. So Josephine's my wife, right? Um, we're real introverted, and we like nothing then to just hang out at our house and like lock our gate and fill the moat up and the, <laughs> all the cameras are ready and our 17 dogs are like ready to fight off church people, right? Um, but God calls us into community. So tonight, we've got the young adults coming around for what was going to be a barbecue, but now will be a potluck, right? Now, honestly, Sundays just smashes me. And Sunday afternoons, I'm often just wiped from preaching and caring for people and pretending I care, not caring. Um, and I just love to chill. And we might go for a bike ride or something, but it's like, darn it. Jesus tells us to love people, so we're going to have all those. Have you met our young adults? It's like, what's going to happen to our house? I'm terrified. We have these lovely dining room chairs that are antiques, and I know someone's going to sit on one and break it, but you know what I mean, right? It's like loving one another is a sacrifice, right? It's an investment of our time in people. So that's kind of where we're going, right? 
as we were going. Um, so what I'm going to do over the next few weeks is just preach about some of the love one another's. That's kind of a bit of what I'm, what I'm going to do when I'm preaching. Um, and they're a bit overwhelming, like I said at the beginning. So what I did is I kind of summarized them down. Um, so there's 100 one another's in the Bible, and they fit into basically 16 categories, if you like. So I kind of, from some different sources I pulled together, um, just a little summary. So when I put this up, I don't want you to just go, oh, yes, we as. I want you to stop and think, this is what God, the creator of the universe, who sacrificed his son for you, because he loves you like crazy, this is what he's calling you to do. Remember equal commandment? Because when you read this list, if you don't go, ho, 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 then you're much more powerful than me, because I've read this a bunch this week, and every time I do, I'm like, shivers, that is a huge list. Let me read this, eh? Love one another, forgive each other, regard each other more highly than yourselves, teach and correct each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, bear each other's burdens. That's a huge one, man. Be friends with one another, kind, compassionate, and generous in hospitality. Serve one another, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I'm going to read it again because that's, if you haven't read this kind of thing lately, you're kind of like, what just happened? This is what Jesus calls us to remember, equal commandment, right? Love one another, forgive each other, regard each other more highly than yourselves. Teach and correct each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, bear each other's burdens, be friends with one another, kind, compassionate, generous in hospitality, Serve one another and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's a powerful list, right? And you can sit there going, <laughs> I'm just going to go to another church that doesn't do all this community <laughs> stuff. There must be one somewhere. Um, so this is my little phrase. This is a real confusing phrase, but this is a little phrase I came up with this week to, to remove the stress, if that makes sense. So here's my little phrase. I'll read it a couple of times. So this is to remove the stress. This is you caring for others like this, who are also caring for others like this, while you are being cared for by others like this, while you are being empowered by Almighty God. You see that crazy triangle, right? I'll read it again because I, I think this is cool. This is, so it's not just you alone, that's what I'm saying. This is you caring for others like this who are also caring for others like this while you are being cared for by others like this, while you are being empowered by Almighty God. So it's not my job to care for all of you. <laughs> It's my job to care for some that God calls me to because I know that they're caring for someone else and in terms someone's caring for me and the whole time we're all being empowered and strengthened and guided by God. Does it make sense, eh? So to me, this is crucial because if you don't get that, you go, how do I care for all these people and then all the people that didn't make it today and the people online, ah, pop. <laughs> um, I, I just love that, eh? And, and to me, the key thing, and I'm going to talk about this a fair bit, it's the empowered by Almighty God. God will, God will call us for listening. He'll tell us when someone's in need, when we need to go and serve someone and love them and care for them. When we've been offended by someone, he tells us when it's time to forgive them and to move on, right? So he, he guides us. He cares for us. Um, and this is kind of that phrase you were kind of saying before. God never intended for any of us to live the Christian life alone, right? The idea of Christianity solo is just not in the Bible. It's literally not. Um, and I say this really carefully, and if you're watching on video, podcast, I say this very carefully. Christianity is such a corporate thing, a community thing. You can't do Christianity just in a life group. You just can't. Because a life group is the people you want to hang out with. Because if you don't like them, you go to a different life group. But part of Christianity is hanging out with people that drive you bonkers. <laughs> and you see them coming into church and you're like, oh, man. I've got to love them. Right, love. You know what I mean? You know I'm being silly, but you know what I mean? 
So Christianity is community with people you don't hang out with. <laughs> it is. And people you love and hang out with, right? Okay, let's do some um, Bible verses before I get in more trouble. Okay, love one another as Jesus loves us. And I put on, eek! Because <laughs> when you think about how heavy it is, it kind of freaks you out. So John um, 13, go over to John 13. You guys know this verse super well, but um, to me this is one of the most powerful verses around um, this loving one another, right? Um, so a little bit of context real quick. So um, the, uh, interestingly, Jesus says this very powerful statement in between, I think, the two most massive acts of service that he does, right? So if you go back in the chapter, he's just washed the disciples' feet. And until I talked to a friend of mine who was a missionary in, um, in the Chad, I was like, eh, if I had to wash some of your feet, it'd be kind of funky and maybe a bit awkward, but that's all good, you know, get them between the little toe and not yours, or sweet as, bit of powder, good on you. And I was saying this to my friend, joking, he goes, oh, bro, totally wrong culture. <laughs> and so he lived in Africa for years, and he said, no, 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 most people over there, similar to Jesus' time, either bare feet or sandals, there's everything you can imagine, I won't go into details, over the roads. So when you get to someone's house, you have to wash your feet because your feet are covered in poo and things. I didn't say that. They're disgusting. And so he said that's why it was the lowest, lowest servant's job because no one was like, I'm not getting in between the little toe because I know what's in there, you know. So they turn up for the Passover and no one wants to wash feet. And everyone's pointing, it's your job, my job, your job, your job. And then Jesus, creator of the universe, the one that loves them, towel, you know the story, eh? it just blows me away. Towel, washes their feet. Such humility, gets in between their toes, you know? It's like, whoa, 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 you're the creator, what? He's loving them, right? Love for one another is humble and service and sacrifice, right? And then we have this phrase, and then what's next? Next day, goes to the cross, <laughs> So he's going to say, love one another as I loved you, right? Let the cat out of the bag. And he's, he's telling the disciples, look back to what I just did. <laughs> How humble was that? I was on my knees in front of your smelly, gross feet, washing them, caring for you. <laughs> and then in a few days, remember that I said this, <laughs> when you see me hang on a cross and die for your sin, man, love one another as sacrifice, right? Let me, let me read this. Um, verse 33, dear children, I'll be with you only a little Longer, And as I told the Jewish leaders, you'll search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And we go, if we stop there, we're like, woohoo! <laughs> I can love you clowns, like on a Jesus, oh no, not a Jesus, on a Craig level of love. That's not too hard. Some of you are extra weird, but most of you, I could do that. But then he carries on, and that's the whole eek part of it. Um, love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. It's a high level of calling by Jesus, right? <laughs> Super high level of calling. If you claim to be a Christian, if you believe you're in a relationship with God, this is not optional extra. Remember, the second commandment is equally important. We're good at loving God sometimes, but we're not so flashed at, at loving. Heaps of you are amazing at loving one another. I'm making it sound crazy. Right? But I, I find that very powerful, and I find it interesting. Jesus puts it right in that little bit. But again, if you're freaking out and starting to feel overwhelmed, how do I do all this? Ah, Here's my crazy phrase again. This is you caring for others like this who are also caring for others like this while you're being cared for by others like this while you're being empowered by Almighty God. It's not your job to care for everyone. <laughs> it's your job to care for the few people that God pulls into your life, right? Or the person you see walking in and suddenly something inside you, which is the Holy Spirit, <laughs> goes, you need to go and say hi to that person. You need to check they're doing okay. Or during the week, suddenly someone's name pops into your head and you go, oh, no, no. <laughs> 
Maybe that's God saying, pray for that person or text that person and just encourage, hey, just thinking of you. No one ever gets a text like that and goes, what a weirdo. Who's this weirdo? (laughs) We all go, oh my gosh, (laughs) I can't believe you were thinking of me and prayed for me. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's this love takes sacrifice, humility, right? It's powerful. Um, Here's the other passage. So that's Jesus talking about it. And here's this other passage from, um, this is Paul talking about loving one another. And this is pretty deep, right? This is pretty powerful. Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, and then verse 16, Paul says, therefore a prisoner, um, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. I always think that's a little bit cheating by Paul because he kind of plays the prisoner card. Like, look at me, I'm in jail, a sacrifice for Jesus, so therefore, (laughs) but we know that that's not what he means because that's not how Paul does this. But anyway, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, I love that, eh, to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Isn't that? That's powerful, man. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. We've got to be patient. Last time I checked, all of us sin, right? Some people not very often, like Wendy, once every 27 years, it might be a little sin, but the rest of us, yeah, both Wendy's. Oh my gosh, there's two Wendy's. I'll ask the daughters afterwards and see. Man, we've just got to be patient, right? Forgiving, so key, eh? Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. <laughs> Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirits, binding yourselves together with peace. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love that last verse. That last verse is such a confronting verse because it literally means I will never grow as God wants me to grow. You will never grow as God wants you to grow if everyone in our community is not doing their bit, right? Because they're all part of the body. (laughs) We're all part of the body, so I'm only going to grow as well as I can from you praying for me and encouraging me and vice versa, and we're all doing it, right? I love that, eh? That's a cool verse, eh? Cool verses? You with me? Cool. Here's the last one. Um, We'll look this one up. This is Romans 12, 9 to 13. So if you've got your Bible, jump over to Romans 12. 930. This has a funny phrase in it. Every time I read it, it just cracks me up. So I love this. Okay, Romans 12, 9 to 13. It says, <laughs> the first bit's funny. Don't just pretend to love others. I'm like, whoa, Paul, were you writing about our culture? Like, I know you wrote this like 2,000 years ago, but that is like the embodiment of our culture, right? Have you been on social media? The fake love just makes me want to vomit or punch someone. I don't know. Are you with me? No? Okay, shot. You're freaking me out. So don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Man, that's such a cool verse. And I love this next one. I love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. That's so cool. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Oh, I just love those verses. My gosh. How cool is the Bible? Oh, scale of 1 to 10, 75 billion. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Oh, okay, hey, so question time. If you're visiting with us, we have a few questions, and we just break into little groups and chat away for a few minutes. So um, here's a couple of questions, and, and I'll explain what to do before you jump. So um, here's that verse I just read from Romans 12. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Love each other with genuine affection. So two questions. What does pretend love look like, and why would someone do this? I was like, what would that look like? So be careful. Don't like, be too rude. The person beside you might burst into tears. Um, second question. Jesus and Paul call us to a next level of love. So this is the big question. Why is Christian love to be so powerful, intense, and costly? 
I'll read that again, eh? Jesus and Paul call us to a next level of love. Why is Christian love to be so powerful, intense, and costly? Because that, I think that's a good question. The, the first one's just a funny one, but, but go there if you want. Okay, hey, so if you're a visitor with us, we do this most Sundays. Um, so people will just gather around and have a little chat for a couple of minutes, two minutes maybe. Um, but the rule is always if you stare at the screen, then that's just you and Jesus. So sometimes God's really talking to you. And the last thing you want now is to talk to other people. Um, also, some of our people are immunocompromised and things, and they... They just don't want to talk to people, which is all good. And so we are, right? We're a community. So before you pounce on someone, just check. And if they're looking at the screen, leave them alone. If they're not, pounce on them, but not physically because they might slap you. So grab a friend, have a chat, video people. I'd encourage you, hey, um, just have a think about these two questions. Feel free to text me, email me with your thoughts. We'll just stop for a minute. Okay, kia ora, kia ora. Okay, what do you reckon? Let's do the second one, right? I thought Emily had a great answer to the first one. It's like words apart from actions. So easy pretend love or fake love can be loving someone in words, but there's no actions with it. I thought that was a good, a good one, so shot. Emily? So anyone on the second one? I'll read the question again. Why is Christian love to be so powerful, intense, and costly? What do you reckon? Anyone have any wisdom? Louise? Yeah. He went to the cross for us, yeah. and it was just to, to love us and um, for us to just remember and think about who we are. Yeah, that's cool. Like a model, way. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, like an example. Shot, Louise. So good. Love your brain. That's good. And you. Sorry, the rest of you. I don't know. That sounded weird. <laughs> don't love the rest. Only the brain. No, that's good, eh? Like Jesus is that example, that model for us, and his love is so extreme. It's a cool example. Anyone else? What do you reckon, Alice? So that God loves us. 
God says, um, love each other like you love yourself. You're sacrificing the love that you have yourself for yeah. other people. Yeah, that's cool, eh? Yeah, love is sacrifice, right? The love that you, the time you'd spend on yourself, the resources you'd spend on yourself, you're now spending on someone else. That's awesome, eh? That's cool. Anyone else? Yeah. There's a lot of we need to love ourselves before we can love others, but this yeah. is so different. This is yeah. um, you're called to love unconditionally others, and then you have to have like the faith that others will reciprocate that. Mm. You still get to yeah. Love. Oh, that's good. I'm going to try and say that so the camera picks it up. Um, so Nick's saying this is really countercultural because our culture now is all about I've got to love myself first, and then kind of then I'm in a place or what's left over I'll give to others. But what Nick's saying is this flips that and cause me to love others first, trusting and having faith that the love you give back to me will make up for that love. Does that make sense? That's kind of what you said, eh? Yeah, that's cool. I've never thought about it like that. That's good. That's good, eh? Yeah, that's good. Anyone else? We're good? Okay. Hey, let's cruise on. So I got the C.S. Lewis quote. I debated whether to put this in or not, but the first part is awesome. So again, I apologize. He's writing back in the day, so he uses men for all of people, and we all get that, right? So let me... um. Let me read this quote from C.S. Lewis. Um, he works on us in all sorts of ways, but above all, he works on us through each other. I love that, eh? It's a cool little phrase. He works on us through each other. It's good. Men are mirrors or carriers of Christ to other men. Usually it is those who know him that bring him to others. That is why the church, the whole body of Christians, showing him to one another is so important. It's so easy to think that the church has a lot of different objects, education, buildings, missions, holding services. The church exists for no other purpose but to draw people to Christ, to make them little Christs. (laughs) If they're not doing that, all the cathedrals, clergy, missions, sermons, even the Bible itself are simply a waste of time. God became man for no other purpose. It is even doubtful, you know, whether the whole universe was created for any other purpose. I love that, eh? I want to read the beginning again. Um, He works on us in all sorts of ways, but above all, he works on us through each other. (laughs) We're mirrors, we're carriers of Christ. Man, I love that, eh? It's really easy to be a Christian by yourself. (laughs) It's really hard to be a Christian with a whole bunch of clowns, right? (laughs) And our church is filled with clowns. No, you're a mate. I shouldn't say that, sorry. You know what I mean, though, right? It's real easy for me to sit at home and read my Bible and wear my spiritual pants and be Mr. Jesus guy. But when I engage in community and someone offends me and someone's late for a meeting and someone sees something rude, yeah, that's when the real Jesus stuff <laughs> kicks into action, eh? Yeah, I love that. That's such a good quote, eh? Um, like I said before, the cool thing with church, bigger than the life group. Life groups are awesome, right? We're a big life group church, but... But I think there's something important about coming together with the whole community because then I, I'm drawn by Jesus to love people I just wouldn't normally love, right? I'm, I'm called by Jesus then to hang out with people I just would not hang out in my normal social circles. I just wouldn't, right? I'm called to pray for people that I just wouldn't normally pray for. That's this Christian community, eh? Cool, you with me, eh? Shot, church. Okay. So here's the second one. It's a little bit shorter. I know that was a bit long, but I kind of don't apologize. Um, Here's the second one. Pray for one another because um, prayer has great power. This first verse gets me so excited. So go to James. um, Where are we going? James 5. And I know you guys know this, and I'm guessing some of you might have done what I did for ages, where I just read verse 16 and was like, oh, my gosh, that's such a good verse. In my valley girl voice, I don't know why I did that. (laughs) 
Um, oh my gosh. You can do that hand thing too. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so this is verse 16, and I think a lot of us stop at verse 16, right? Um, so this is James 5. Uh, confess your sins to each other, which is slightly terrifying, right? And we're not going to have a time. Anyone want to stand up and confess your sins? We're not doing that. Uh, but I think that's a real healthy thing, right? If you don't have someone in your life that you can confess sins to, man, you're missing out on a whole aspect of Christianity and forgiveness and stuff. Oh my gosh. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Well, sorry, I've got a very old iPad and it's starting to die. Um, so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And we go, yes, the earnest prayer of a righteous person, power, results, woo! And we often stop at that verse. Are you with me, eh? Thank you, Louise. You get a bonus point. Everyone else? Fired. But he carries on. And this next one is like, of all the illustrations he could say to us as praying people, this one is just like, whoa, James. So then he's giving an illustration now saying, see, prayer really works. I love this. Elijah was as human as we are. I love that. Just because he was this big dude in the Old Testament, he wasn't like super floating guy or anything. He's just as human as we are. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. I just love the illustration. It's like, it's so powerful. I think I'm terrible at underestimating the power of my prayers, right? I really do. I love those verses. Let's do the Ephesians 6, um, 18 one. That's awesome. Oh, so this one's another one that I think we miss a lot. <laughs> um, so this one's at the end of the spiritual warfare passage, right? And you guys know it, right? We, we read this one all the time. So back at verse 10, um, Paul's kind of finishing up his letter, and he's reminding them this thing is so important, this whole spiritual warfare. And he goes, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. And he, he carries on and talks about putting on all these different aspects of armor, the helmet of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and all this cool stuff. And then often we stop at verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and we're like, yeah, the last one that Paul says is the Bible, because Satan's going to try and smash me, and i got the Bible, you know, and we, that's where we stop. And it's like, why would we stop there? We read the next one, which, oh, it just blows me away. So I think he's still talking about spiritual warfare stuff, and he goes, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. <laughs> Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Man, I love that, eh? Um, I, was thinking, I was thinking this week, man, and this sounds really rude, so don't think I'm being too rude to you. I was thinking about this week. I wonder how many times I've failed to rebuff an attack of Satan because one of you wasn't praying for me. <laughs> and vice versa, right? Because let me read that verse again, the last bit. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers, not for yourself, but for all believers everywhere. And he's still talking about these attacks of Satan. If you're a Christian, if you're in a relationship with Jesus, Satan hates you. He hates you. His number one goal, I don't think he can remove your relationship with Jesus. That's another whole discussion, right? But his number one goal is to, to totally disempower you, to make you doubt God, to make you go, eh, prayer, shmeh, Bible, smile, eh, church, eh. That's his number one goal, to make you doubt your relationship with God. And I can do this really simple thing where I can pray for you. <laughs> and I call out to God, and God who indwells you strengthens you against Satan's attacks. <laughs> yeah, we want to have the Bible and the armor of God and all that cool stuff, right? 
but what a massive gift. And I, I got quite emotional this week. I was sitting in the cafe working on this, and I was like, man, I could literally help one of you be protected from an attack of the evil one by just praying. I was like, last time I checked, free is pretty simple. <laughs> Anyone could do it, right? I love that, eh? Such a cool kind of one another, right? Um, I wrote this down, eh? So powerful. If you're in a relationship with God, then Satan hates you. He seeks to destroy you, to devour you. How amazing that part of your defense against Satan and evil in this world is me praying for you and you praying for me and so on. What an incredible privilege we have to pray for each other. It's true though, eh? So true and so easy, right? Um, I've had a really just heavy week of work the last three weeks now. So we've been interviewing for some roles and I've been preaching heaps more than I normally do. Um, overseen the cafe, and we've had all sorts of problems with the cafe going on. I had to work in the cafe on Friday because we were short-staffed, and it's just been like a bit of a like, oh, last few weeks. And Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I was just flat, man. I was just like one of those like, you know, just didn't feel, I don't know, whatever. And so I texted one of my good friends and said, bro, he's a Christian. He said, bro, I'm just not in a good place at the moment. Can we meet up, pray? And he texted him straight back. He's like, yeah, man, totally. So we met here, and it was really funny. He sits down, he's like, okay, bro, I'm ready. What's happening? He thought I was going to like dump some giant thing. I was like, oh, nothing, man. I said, I'm just feeling smashed. It's been real heavy the last few weeks. And the Bible says when you're struggling, get someone to pray. And I read this verse and he was like, oh, bro, so cool. So we had a chat and then we just spent some time praying for each other. And I know this sounds a bit airy-fairy to some of you, but honestly, the Craig pre the prayer with my friend and the Craig post the prayer with my friend, totally different, like super weird, different. Like I left the prayer just being like, pop, 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 you know, let's go, Jesus, Jesus, drink more coffee. No. So it changes, man. Prayer works. Prayer changes us, eh? I love that. Again, don't be freaking out that you have to carry the whole church by yourself. Here's my crazy phrase again. <laughs> this is you caring for others like this who are also caring for others like this while you're being cared for by others like this, while you're being empowered by Almighty God. Man, I love that, eh? Empowered by Almighty God. So you might be feeling, I'm, I'm wrapping up, right? You might be feeling one of three things. The first one is you might be feeling pumped and you're sitting here or you're watching or listening and you're just like, woohoo, man, that's it. I'm going to love the, I was going to say love the pants off people, but that's a bit inappropriate. You know what I mean? Man, I am upping my love and my prayer. Let's go, let's go, let's go, right? And if that's you, woohoo, go team. I think that's what the Bible's calling us, commanding us to do, right? Um, but some of you might be feeling really overwhelmed, Right? You might be sitting there just going, bro, like I said at the beginning, I have a lot on. i got a full plate. <laughs> I don't know about this. And I just want to say, just don't worry, man. God never burdens us, right? Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary. <laughs> uh, take my burden on you. It's, it's light, right? He'll tell you when you need to care for someone. He, that's what he does. <laughs> He'll tell you when you need to pray for someone. That's what he does, right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed, just don't. Don't feel overwhelmed. He'll, he'll tell you, right? Um, the other side of that is you might feel like you've got nothing to offer. <laughs> you might be sitting there going, man, I, I just can't love. <laughs> I just don't have the time, the energy, the resources, my health, my work, my family state, whatever. I, I just want to say that it's not your job again. God will guide you if he wants you to. But one of the reasons maybe he brought you into this community is so that we could love you like Christ loves you. <laughs> maybe one of the reasons he brought you to this community so that we can pour love and friendship and forgiveness and empowerment and that into you. And this is a season where you're like, 
I just need to sit and receive the community love, right? So don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel nothing. And let me finish with this story. This is kind of a cheesy story, but it's true. And I thought it was actually really cool when I read it this week. Okay, the gold, the gold sallow... Oh, man. I practiced saying this and I still stuffed it up. The gold-saddled goldfish. Are with me? So we're talking about a goldfish. It's a gold-saddled goldfish. It's a small fish native to Hawaiian reefs with a distinct colouring. In the past few years, divers in Hawaii have come across a fascinating phenomenon. <laughs> During their regular dives, they've begun to notice a large fish with the same brilliant colours as the gold-saddled goatfish. Oh, my gosh. Upon closer inspection, the divers realised that this wasn't large fish, but in fact a school of gold-saddled fish swimming together in such impressive unity and in such perfect fish-shaped pattern as to appear like one impossibly large fish, not to be trifled with. <laughs> it turns out when the gold-saddled fish feels threatened, they join together, united in fish formation to appear much larger. <laughs> I love that, eh? Um, man, I think as a community, we just want to be a gold-saddled goatfish. <laughs> we really do. We want this community to be somewhere when someone's feeling smashed, they just run home, you know, metaphorically. They text. Can you guys be praying? We have a great prayer chain, eh? I always love it when someone puts up a thing, you see all these hearts and loves and <laughs> praying hands and stuff. Um, it's cool, eh? If you're struggling, eh, if things are tough for you, especially you on the video, the podcast, eh, we really are a church that cares. We are a church that prays. We want to be a church that provides, right? So run and join us, and we'll be a big, weird shape. <laughs> I don't know what shape we are. We're not a fish, but you know what I mean, eh? Yeah. Etu, let's stand up and let me pray. Worship team, you guys want to come up? We'll sing another couple of songs. Cool, let me pray for us. Yeah, kia ora, almighty God. Thanks that you are the one who guides, eh? Again, I really pray for someone. If anyone's feeling overwhelmed or they have nothing to offer, can you just still that voice, eh? That's not from you. Um, you will guide, you will call, you will direct when it's time. Yeah. Yeah, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.